everyone. Uh, everyone who's live on our Zoom panel. And hello, everyone listening on our show on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or you just simply Google. You could Google us on the Mark Sports Talk, and you could hear any one of our past shows. Hey, you're on the Mark. I'm your host, Mark, with the letter C. And by the way, this is show number 157. 157? Kanahara. I think you thought it was 57, right? How's our sports uh, sports panel today? How are we doing? Good. How are you today? I'm doing so good. Oh, what did the Mets do today? It's over. They oh, shut up. Last week, when we went off the, the air, I realized it was show number 156. Now, I don't know why nobody else brought this up. But 52 weeks in a year right. and 104 weeks in two years, three years is 156. Yes. So, and this is 157. So we actually missed the three-year anniversary, but it really wasn't the anniversary. If you go by 52 weeks in a year. We actually debuted on May 6th. 2020 mm-hmm. and today's the fourth so really today could be considered our three-year anniversary but you know what it's not going to be anything special today it'd be a regular show if for some reason we keep the ratings up and we get to a uh uh a 200th show maybe we'll have a special show for 200 wow. But right Absolutely. now, we're at 157 in 157 weeks. Wow. Uh, and again, maybe we'll have a four-year anniversary if, if we're lucky. Um, question. Can you get on the Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> watch, your, watch, your, watch your voice. Uh, <laughs> nothing special for today. Um, if we get to the, uh, the 200 show pretty close, uh, I'm going to try to develop a new uh, T-shirt for those people who, who joined us late and for those who already have uh, one or both of our... We, we've we've done three, three T-shirts so far, right? Three. We've had three, great. So maybe we'll get a fourth one by the 200th show, okay? Special note, you should write this down. Show number 160, 160, uh, is being moved from May 25th to Tuesday, May 23rd. I hope you'll be available the 25th is Shavuot. Mm. So oh, wow. for those who don't want to do that, we'll we'll move to we'll move to Tuesday for you people who uh who uh, who celebrate Shavuot. Okay. Um before we begin, I want to tell you an interesting story. Maybe some of you have been here. I went to a restaurant this past weekend. Jackson Hole in Astoria. Mm-hmm. Oh, Have you been place. there? The one off the Grand Central Parkway? Yeah, absolutely. As, as you're heading towards the uh, the Triborough yeah. Bridge. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It was raining Saturday morning. Very small, if you haven't been there. But they seated us like in two minutes, which I thought was pretty cool. And um, they, they packed them in for, for you know, the weekend's... Uh, Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, I didn't like my seat. Uh, my seat was very, very close to my belly, but that's not their fault. Uh, 
That's probably my. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. still very uncomfortable, <laughs> but what nobody kind of else food? is uncomfortable. Nice service, <laughs> nice service at a nice waitress. But do you call them waitresses anymore? What do yeah. you want to call them? Server. Server. Uh, they're, they're all waiters, Server. male or female. They're waiters, Server. right? There's nothing. The waitress, you can't, you can't say waitress anymore. No, you, you say wait staff. Wait staff, yeah. Right. Server. Service. The, the bus boys, I guess you could still call them bus boys, even though there were no bus girls. No, <laughs> bus people. Bus people, they came over, they refilled our water, our coffee, uh, continuously for a small place. I was very impressed. I looked for that. My, the owner, owner, the my, waffles, my, waffles, my waffles were delicious. The price was reasonable. Uh, but the only drawback is they only do cash. Only cash. Oh, only cash there. Good. So uh, no credit cards, ATMs available, of course. But don't you think they're uh, susceptible to uh, a hit? <laughs> they're they're <laughs> right off the service road of the uh, Grand Central Parkway. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, but that's the only drawback. You have to have the cash to uh, to get out of there. <laughs> Did well, they have the outdoor seating? No, it, was, it was raining. It's there, ah. but uh, but it but it was raining. And another quick story. I told uh, Larry uh, K this uh, yesterday. I was going to mention this. I went to a hearing doctor. What do they call those? An audiologist. 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 You don't go there. You know, religiously, we get our eyes checked every year. Audiologist. I mean, I don't. Maybe some of you people go every single year. Huh. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, went, I went to have wax removed from my ear. I figured that's, I had wax. Been... It's been five years since I last went to this guy. What a uh, laryngologist like that. He took he took the wax out, and I, I really did not want a hearing test. But because they give take the, the wax out, they automatically push you into the uh into the room to hear the buzzer. You know, boop, boop, boop. Booth, you press the, the thing. You switch the yeah. So here's my results. My results are. You hear men's voices very well. But you, you don't hear to. females' voice. You don't hear females' <laughs> voice very well. I said, perfect. Can you write me a note so I can give it to my wife? <laughs> so she'll know why I'm not why I'm ignoring her. She already <laughs> knows. They irrigate the they wax. Irrigate, right. Blush. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't hurt, but uh, they want me to come back every year. I'll see if I do of that. Of course. Well, they say yeah, you should have a check once a year. They say that. Yeah, okay. All it's right, Gerald, we are up to, your we're up to your highlights report, Gerald. What do you got today for us? Oh, by the way, Gerald, you okay. are sponsored by all the fishes in the deep blue sea. <laughs> Joy what to the world. What song was that? Joy to the world. Yeah, yeah take it away. Today I'm going to review the 2003 MLB season. <laughs> These are what I believe to be the key facts about the 2003 MLB season. For the awards and leaders, I will name the National League player followed by the American League player. Key awards, MVP, Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez. Notice the parallel steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie of the year, Dontrell Willis. And Angel Baroa, Star Young, Eric Gagne, and Roy Halladay. 
Gagne. Key leaders. Albert Pujols and Bill Mueller. Home runs. Jim Tomei, Hall of Famer, and Alex Rodriguez. RBIs. Preston Wilson and Carlos Delgado. Preston Wilson? Preston Wilson, yes. Wow, wow. How about that? Yeah, he had a real good year. ERA, Jason Schmidt and Pedro Martinez. Some interesting highlights of the 2003 MLB season are as follows. On September 23rd, Burt Gagne established a new MLB record with his 55th consecutive save. Sammy Sosa joined the 500 career home run club. He was also suspended for using a cork bat, and we know about his steroid use. Rafael Furcal joined the unassisted triple play club. Roger Clemens became the 21st pitcher to win 300 games. In 2003, the Tigers set an American League record with 119 losses. Not quite as good as the Mets did in 1962, but very close. Watch out, Oakland this year. Yes. <laughs> right, maybe. Gary Carter and Eddie Murray were elected to the Hall of Fame. At 27 years and 249 days, Alex Rodriguez became the youngest player in MLB history to have 300 career home runs. Rafael Palmero, I did not use steroids. It's his 500th career home run. <laughs> On June 23rd, Barry Bonds becomes the first player with 500 career home runs and 500 career stolen bases. Wow. On June 27th, Johnny Damon ties an MLB record with three hits in an, in in an inning. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Here's a brief summary of the 2003 World Series. In the 2003 World Series, the 99th edition, the Florida Marlins defeated the Yankees four games to two. Some composite statistics for the series includes the Yankees batted 261 and the Marlins 232. Also, the Marlins had an ERA of 3.21 and the Yankees 2.13. The ML, the MVP was Josh Beckett, who was one and one with an ERA of 1.1 in 16 in the third innings pitch. In the fourth game of the World Series, Joe Torre elected to bring in Jeff Weaver in the 11th inning. Weaver had been de de demoted to the bullpen from the starting rotation and had not pitched in 28 days. Weaver was tagged with the loss. In addition, the Yankees had bad luck in the fifth game. David Wells had to leave the game after pitching one inning due to a back injury. I just wanted to mention one thing about that move that Joe Torre made that I just alluded to. It's funny. There's a parallel between uh, <clears throat> between Joe Torre and Casey Stengel. They both were mediocre managers until they joined the Yankees, and all of a sudden they became Hall of Fame managers. Any reason, guys? <laughs> Not whatsoever. They got better teams. Yeah, better horses. Better horses. On the pinstripes. You know, I, always thought, I always thought both of them were mediocre managers, and I never 
Tory was a great leader of men. Stengel was just a buffoon who was, of <laughs> course, a very good player. So, and, uh, I never thought much of Tory as their manager. Which reminds me, if I could digress, Phil Jackson, was he a great manager for Chicago or Los Angeles, or did he have the right horse or horses? He was good. Like the latter. He was good. He developed that triangle system. Right. Yeah. He didn't develop it. Tex, Tex Winter was the one who developed yes. it. He, okay. he just they took it from, from others. I have a question for Jerry that season, right? Around that time, uh, that year and a, maybe a year or two before and a year or two after, you mentioned Johnny Damon, okay? What was the nickname for Johnny Damon and his teammates? Idiots. Oh, the idiots. <laughs> oh, really? The idiots, yeah. yeah. Roger. Uh, <laughs> hey, Roger I'd like to point Java. out that that Detroit team that lost 119 games in 2003, yes. they won five of their last three, six, yeah, right. including their last two. <laughs> well, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Roger, what do you got? Yeah, Mike, they were scared that they were going to break the Mets record, I think. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's win this one. But 2003 is the more memorable season. for the, the Red Sox-Yankees series leading up to the World Series. Which, uh, if you guys remember, Mr. Boone had a uh, famous home run there to close out that series against the Reds. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right, that last oh, yeah, game, the comeback against Pedro. They left Pedro in right. a little too long. I mean, that yeah, was you know, nice. Roger, you know, when you think of it, Jerry should have mentioned that first at the very beginning of his report. <laughs> I'll I'll a little biased towards the What do you got there? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Met? Yeah, this yeah. is my queen, new Queens library card, <laughs> which cost me nothing because the Mets pay the two dollar fee. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe. Joe wants to comment. Joe. Yeah, I, I disagree about Casey Stengel. I mean, he instituted a lot of stuff. He's one of the first managers to do platoons, and he was very good at knowing when and when to take starting pitchers out. I I, I tend to disagree. I thought he's a pretty good manager with the Yankees. I thought he was over. You know, he was he was put in because the Mets wanted somebody famous to try and draw people in. And he was pretty much done by the time he went into the Mets. But with the Yankees, I disagree. But how did he manage, Joe, before he joined the Yankees? He had a mediocre one and loss record. Yeah, well, but, you know, sometimes you have to have both. You have to have the players. But when he had the players, they won. The Yankees, they won all the time. Yeah. That's not easy. That's not easy to do. Look at the look at the Atlanta Braves. They they won the the, the uh, National League pennant for you know for many many years. They ended yeah. up winning one World Series. Yeah, the Yankees right. always won. Yeah. 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 yeah, believe me, yeah. I know. It was yeah. by gotta be hot. Gotta be That's lucky. No, I think was a much better manager than you giving. Play, I, I agree with you in the early fifties. Okay. But by 1960, he had to have been one of the worst. But that was one of the worst managed World Series in baseball history. And the game that they lost, they had in the, to the Pirates, they had in the bullpen a healthy Louis Arroyo, Ryan Duran, Whitey Ford was available, and Mr. Home Run Giver Up, or Ralph Terry pitches the ninth inning and gives up that stupid home run. And what happens if he gets the team out and they go to the 10th inning, they score a run, and they don't score in the bottom of they win the World Series? You know? One pitch. One pitch. Yeah. That's why Stengel was fired, the way he had yes. seven yeah. games. Yeah. That's right. What, what, is my hero that what have you done for me now? 
Yeah, right. So could have managed, any of us could have managed better than that game. Gerald, are you done? Yes. <laughs> that completes my report for... <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Milton's name that tune will do at the end of the show, but Milton wanted to bring something up yeah. before that. What do you got? All right. I just want to tell you, I don't know if you're aware of it, but a new movie is coming out and it's going to be released yeah, May 12th mm -hmm. in New York, Los Angeles, and then distributed right. across the country. It's called It Ain't Over. It's the story of Yogi Berra, probably the most overlooked superstar in baseball history. Yeah. It, I'll just give you a few things. It starts in the 2015 World uh, All-Star Game, where they honored the four greatest living players at the time, which were um, Sandy Koufax, Aaron Mays, and Johnny Bench. They never mentioned Berra at all. And soon afterwards, they were talking about the greatest catchers in baseball and left out that Yogi Berra had 460 lifetime RBIs. He was uh, seven years in a row. He led the Yankees in RBIs, three-time MVP, 10 times World Series hero, and as I said, 1,430 RBIs led all major league catches. But the movie um, is directed by his eldest granddaughter. And um, just to show how overlooked he was, and, um, and, and I agree with it, uh, how many catches did what he did including johnny bench and uh the movie is going to be released as i said in new york and it's going to be distributed nationwide so i probably will go see it if it comes out here oh, on it's the movies it's not on tv it's no, a it's movie, movie uh documentary oh okay <laughs> and it starts at the 2015 uh all-star game where he was overlooked as the uh one of the greatest living Baseball players when at the he, time. When did he die? That was, that's pretty. A year cool. later, I think. A year later. Later. A few months later. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what knocked him mm -hmm. down. So you know, there's just uh, I grew grew up living through that. I remember what a great hitter he was and catcher, and uh, you know, he hit. He didn't even uh, always hit strikes. He was able to reach across the plate. Didn't he do that against Don Newcomb in the World Series a couple of times? Yeah. He used to say, "If I see it, I hit it." Yeah, yeah, very, very unorthodox. But it is a movie documentary, and uh, it'll probably be in the movie theaters. So it, it's coming out. You said what? May eleventh. Twelve. That's yeah. his birthday. Yeah. May twelfth is his birthday. I was remember May that. May twelfth. There's a picture of it. I don't know if you could see it. But... All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joe had this hand up. What's up, Joe? Yeah, I just wanted to say Yogi Berra was not overlooked by Brooklyn yeah, Dodger yeah. fans. We knew how good he was. <laughs> Absolutely, we knew how, how good, good he, was, he was, but he seemed like he was overlooked. And, oh, what well, about he, he didn't look? He didn't look like he didn't look like an athlete. You no, know, he, no. he, he enlisted. He didn't have that. He didn't have that chiseled body. He wasn't long and lean. He was short and kind of dumpy, but he was an incredible athlete. He was a Believe first generation. Also, one other thing, he was a first generation Italian immigrant, mm -hmm. and he joined the Navy voluntarily and ended up on Omaha Beach. Just they said he was just a great overall individual. If he never played baseball, he still was that good of an individual. 
<laughs> Milton, you're going to cash that check they gave you to, to announce this, right? <laughs> Whatever. By the way, May 12th is a Friday. Is a Friday. All right, a couple more. Roger? Yeah, no, I agree with Joe. I, mean, I read a bear uh, autobiography, and uh, yeah, they said he didn't, he didn't look like a ball player, and he grew up in St. Louis with his buddy Joe Garagiola and Branch Rickey, you know, kind of poo-pooed him and the Cardinals selected Garagiola instead of Barra, you know, so uh, things could have been much different. But yeah, from stories my dad told me too, an extremely clutch hitter. Oh. Right? Like Milton said, he would he'd swing at anything. You didn't know how to yeah, pitch. He was a great bad ball hitter, Barra. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, he was very much overlooked. Yeah, I agree. And was Jackie out of safe? <laughs> Barra said he was out. Yeah. yeah. He would never lie to us, right? <laughs> a couple more, uh, Gerald, and then Michael. As I recall, Yogi Berra had a uh, a tryout at Ebbets Field, and the, and the Dodger officials said, "Look at that body. That's no ball player. We can't sign him." Yeah, I can see that. See what they knew. Yeah. MJF, that's your new name. MJF. MJF. What do you got? Uh, Yogi Berra also hit his 300th home run into the Yankee ports that only went 300 feet, which is pretty cool. But uh, while you're mentioning movies, my wife and I just came back from the Meadows Theater. We saw the movie Air, which is a fascinating movie about how Nike and Michael Jordan got together and the, uh, the origin oh, of right. Jordan sneakers. And if you have a chance to see that movie, it's really fantastic. It's called Air, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's playing in a couple of places. How many people were in the theater with you? Uh, three. That's what I thought. <laughs> For a Thursday afternoon. All right, let's move on. Oh, Danny wants to say something. Just a, just a closing note on the 2003 World Series. Of the hundreds of games that Carolyn and I went to Yankee Stadium, that was probably the saddest game that we ever saw. <laughs> Jorge Posada couldn't get the ball out of the infield to make the last out mm. of the 2003 World Series, game six. <clears throat> okay. Let us let us move on to yeah. uh, all right. This day in sports. Today's May fourth. May the fourth fourth be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Eighteen sixty nine. Cincinnati Red Stockings play their very first game and beat the Great Western Baseball Club. Get the score. The first game, forty five to nine. Were you there? And there was no no DH. <laughs> In nineteen in 1871, the first baseball game in the National Association of Baseball Players, which I think was the precursor for the National League. Uh, <laughs> Fort Wayne beat Cleveland 2-0. And the first official hit for the National League or the National Association of Baseball Players was Deacon Jim White. There you go. It's a trivia question. Uh, in 1893, Cowboy Bill Pickett. Now, don't say we just talk baseball, the four major sports. He invents bulldogging, the skill of grabbing the cattle by the horns and wrestling them to the ground. They still do that? I don't know if you're allowed to do it anymore. But he invented it in 1893. Uh, in 1919, the first legal Sunday baseball game in New York City was played in the Polo Grounds, I believe it was. 35,000 came to watch Philadelphia beat the Giants in that game. In 1949, the year before I was born, 
a plane carrying the entire Torino, I guess you say it's Suri, a soccer squad crashes on the outskirts of Turin, Italy, I'm 31 people. Did I say it wrong? Okay. Uh, Torino was awarded the league title at the request of their ri rivals. So the, everyone died, but they gave them the title out of like uh, posthumously. How about that? 1949. Now, some of you might remember this guy, Bob Shaw, S-H-A-W. He started with, I believe, with the White Sox, maybe. Yeah. And he also pitched for the Mets. And he played for the Giants, I believe. Well, in 1963, not too sure who he was, who he had at that time, what team he was with, but he had five books <laughs> in one game. I, I think he came to the Mets in 64, but I think he might have still been a, a White Sox at that time, but maybe I'm wrong. In 65, Willie Mays hits home run number 512 to break Mellot's 511 to establish the new National League record at the time. Some of you might remember this one if you're a basketball buff. 1968, the first ABA championship, the Pittsburgh Pipers mm -hmm. beat the New Orleans Buccaneers four games to three. How about that? In 1975, on this day, May 4th, Bob Watson of Houston scores the one million one millionth run. Yeah. Who scored the, the two millionth? Anybody remember? I think it's Josh Josh Donaldson. I think Josh Donaldson has the two million. Background noise. In 1980, the White Sox first baseman Mike Squires catches the final inning of an 11 to one loss to the Brewers. What's unique about this? He was a lefty, lefty thrower. Lefty thrower. He was the first lefty catcher. Since Dale Long with the Cubs in 58. 1982. I'm, I know almost everyone remembers this guy. Jim Eisenreiter. Yeah. Oh, he had Tourette's syndrome. Yes. In 82, he takes himself out of a game at Fenway because the fans were taunting him. Right. What a shame. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. 1984. Dave Kingman hits a fly ball in the Metrodome in Minnesota. And the ball gets stuck in the ceiling and never comes down. <laughs> I guess they ruled it a, a double. double. Double, I think that. <laughs> and uh, let's see. In 2002, Mr. Bonds, Barry, hits his 400th home run as a giant and becomes the first National League player to hit 400 home runs with one team. Uh, he already hit 100 with the Pirates, so that he must have hit up to 500 at that time. Uh, Babe Ruth had 659 as a Yankee. Don't worry on that. And 2018, Albert Pujols gets his 3,000 hit as an angel. As an angel. And that's uh, May 4th for you. All right. Sports Stories by Larry, sponsored by the Alphabet. What do you have today for us, Larry? My story this week is entitled The Lighter Side of the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby began all the way back in 1875 as one of the premier horse racing events in the country. However, it wasn't until much later that the Derby would make its mark as one of the biggest sporting events in the world. 
In the mid-1920s, the Kentucky Derby was broadcast live on the radio for the first time, and many people heard it then. But in 1949, the Derby was broadcast on television for the first time, bringing the races to a much wider audience. Yes, racing enthusiasts focused on the Kentucky Derby competition in a big way. But fashion also is one of the biggest things to stem from the Derby. People from all over the country gather at the Kentucky Derby to display their finest outfits, including the most ridiculously lavish hats the world has ever seen. <laughs> the Derby is also a huge social event allowing groups of wealthy people to get together and network with each other. Of course, the mint julep is the most popular refreshment for these social events. <laughs> On Saturday, 6 May, some people will watch the 2023 Kentucky Derby strictly as a horse race, but others will tune in mostly to observe the Derby's fashion and social aspects. How about your household? Okay. Any comments on uh, Larry's story today? Anybody want to comment? Of course, Mr. MJF. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a very, very expensive event to go to. I think seats are hundreds of dollars. Am I not mistaken, Larry? We, uh, some of them are cheaper, but yeah, uh, I think it's $175 for the better seats. That's yeah. crazy. And it's free at home. Yes, it's yeah, brand really. no by the way, it has usually 15 million people watching it, which is more than the the first game of the World Series usually, which is 10 million. Which yeah. brings me up to your picks for the Kentucky Derby. So either if you have paper and a pencil <laughs> or a pen or in your head, you want to remember this. I'm going to go down the horses and I want you to pick one winner and then you write it down somewhere. And let's see how well you do. Okay. So the first horse is called Hit Show. 30 to 1 odds at today. Hit Show. So right now, everyone is picking Hit Show. But now, compare it to Verifying 15 to 1. So right now, you have one horse which you think is going to win. Yeah. The next one is Two Fills. P-H-I-L. Oh. Two Fills at 12 to 1 today. So pick one of those three. Confidence game. 21, 20 to 1 now. Uh, tap it trice. T-A-P-I-T-T-R-I-C-E is 5 to 1 right now. That is the favorite at the moment. Um, Tappet has a very famous uh, father named Tappet. <laughs> tap so that's 5 to 1. Kings Barnes, 12 to 1. You're playing the game, right? You have one in your head. You wrote one down. Uh, reincarnate, 50 to 1. M-A-G-E. Mage, I guess. Mage, 15 to 1. Skinner, 20 to 1. I love these names. Practical move, 10 to 1. Disarm, 30 to 1. Today, Jace's Road. Road. J-A-C-E apostrophe S. Jace's Road, 50 to 1. Sun Thunder, 50 to 1. Angel of Empire, a lot of horses, 8 to 1. Forte, uh, Forte is the real favorite right now, 3 to 1. 
Raise Kane, 50 to 1. Here's one I can't pronounce. Derma Soto Geek or Soto Gaki. S O T O G A K E. You pronounce it the way anyway. 10 to 1. Rocket Can, not Rocket Man, but Rocket Can, 30 to 1. Lord Miles, 30 to 1. And Continua is 50 to 1. Then the paper has also eligible. Now, I wonder if that means if one of these other horses uh, uh, wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Cyclone <laughs> Mischief, Mandarin Hero, and King Russell. But that, that, don't put them in. So uh, hopefully everyone has played the game and you have one horse <clears throat> which you're going to look for as the winner. Okay? I thought I'd do that. Now, we're going to go on to uh, MJF's Yankees and Jets ran. Now, what I'm talking about MJF, we have three Michaels on our board. And every time I call Michael, Michael Finer has the biggest mouth, and he always cuts everybody else off. <laughs> so I feel bad for the other Michaels. So, that, so, the, so Michael C is going to be MC, and Michael K is going to be MK. <laughs> on an hour games here. Okay, so MJF, Yankees and Jets fans, sponsored by... My sponsor. Speeds, uh, beach sand, beach sand, beach sand. Okay, what do you got? Uh, well, with the Jets, uh, we're gonna have uh, I see Randall Cobb, and I also happen to notice that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been all over uh, the garden. He went to the Ranger game and he gone, he's gone to a couple of Nick games, and I cannot help but notice how happy all the Jets are and the Jet fans. And I don't want the uh, Jets' upcoming season to be anything like the Rangers, where we all had the uh, the Stanley Cup uh, already won. Oh, but the Jets are very, very good. And I think we're going to have a very, very interesting season. So that's the Jets. And the article that I wanted to cover about the Jets is about a tight end that the Jets drafted by the name of Zach Kuntz. And apparently Zach Kuntz, is the most athletic tight end in the history of all the uh, NFL as far as uh, uh, the the way they work out. And uh, he was just drafted, and he's considered the most athletic tight end in the history of the NFL. And that's because of the the way they practice and uh, uh, his eligibility. He's 6'8", 255 pounds. And he ran uh, 4.55 in the 40-yard dash for the combine. He's the best uh, performer in the combine of all the football players. And he ranked in the 97th percentile of all the players in that position. And uh, he's really something else, except that uh, he's had injuries. So we shall see. But he's considered the most exciting uh, seventh-round pick in the history of the draft. And we shall see where... So that's interesting with the Jets. Now, getting back to the Yankees, believe it or not, I have a very positive report about the Yankees, although that uh, they haven't been doing too well lately. But I have reasons for concerns about the Yankees. And then I'll have a very, very positive finish to uh, what I'm going to say. Here's why the Yankee fans should be concerned. One, they're in last place. Two judges on the injured list. Three judge was batting only 261, a very, very low batting average in recent memory. And uh, he was as low as 245. So 
hopefully this current injury is his only injury. Maybe there's more. Who knows? The Yankees team batting average is 226, 25th overall. And there are lots of examples why you guys could read between the lines. Hicks and Donaldson have become pariahs. They should have been off the roster from long. And after yesterday, IKF should have been kicked off the roster right away. But uh, <laughs> he's still there. Boone appears to be an analytics puppet. The latest instance was uh, his removal of Domingo Germán for yep. uh, a very inconsistent uh, uh, Holmes. And Germán was pitching lights out. And Holmes came in and uh, put water, put the gasoline on the fire, causing the Yankees to lose that game. And he did the same thing last night, believe it or not. But uh, that's another reason why the Yankees are concerning me. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, I mentioned him last week. He is very, very responsible for the Yankees' problems. Uh, Next is Cashman's mistakes, like Montaz and Rodon and uh, some of the other starters, previously Joey Gallo. A lot of errors by Cashman. And then there's a whole litany of other injuries and injury-prone players, such as Bowers and Loisica and Donaldson and Canely and F. Ross and Gill and Severino and Bader's a uh, very, very unlucky ball player. And Trevino looks to be out for the year. And number 10, four out of five pitchers in the current rotation uh, have been inconsistent. So those are the negatives, but there's a positive that'll make up for everything. Just came out, hot off the press. You could read about the 1998 Yankees and enjoy <laughs> Yankee baseball again, because that, according to this article, and I agree, was the greatest Yankee baseball team, greatest baseball team ever in the history of the sport. And they make a and uh, it's by uh, Jack Curry, who's one of the uh, analysts of the Yankees. And uh, that's my next book, by the way. I'm going to read that. And I'll be very, very happy until the Yankees turn it around. And that's my report for today. All right, don't wait too long. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I just want to say, Michael, I, I read Jack Curry's book. My my son got an, an advanced copy from the publisher. It's a really great book. You'll you'll enjoy it very much. Thank you. Okay. And, and by the way, Homer Bush is the manager of the Staten Island Yankees. Right. I know. <laughs> Any other, um, uh, Gerald? So, Mike, let me understand this. The 1998 Yankees were better than the 1927 Yankees. Yes. And not only the 1927 Yankees and the 1961 Yankees. And my reasoning, okay. I don't know, when I read this book, I'll maybe see more reasons, but they had no stiff players. They had no Duke Bosses and Billy Gardner's and Joe DeMaestri's. And I'm sure they had just as many mediocre players on the 27 Yankees. The most, the, the bottom player on the 1998 Yankees it was the aforementioned Homer Bush. They were one, they had no super duper stars, maybe uh, Bernie Williams, but they were one heck of a team. The rotation, the middle relief, the closer was the best in the history of baseball. And there is a case for the 1998 Yankees being the best in history. The 1998 Yankees were uh, 50 years older than the 1927 Yankees. So, of course, they won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Why don't we move on? So, uh, Michael, Michael C. is going to be called MC. MC's report on sports happenings in D.C. Sponsored. You got a sponsor. How about that? Raindrops. (laughs) 
Oh, good. I, okay. I was so ready. What do you have I, I had lined up Griffith Stadium just in case, but good. I don't need it. Um, all right. Item one, the commander's draft. Um, the papers here are saying that Ron Rivera's job is on the line this year. They improve substantially or he'll be gone. So his draft was, was very typical for him. Cornerback, cornerback, center, guard, uh, edge, what they call an edge player. I don't know whether that's a linebacker or defensive end or both. Defensive end. Defensive end, okay. Edge rusher. Uh, running back in the sixth and then another uh, edge rusher or defensive end in round seven. So that's, that's the draft for this year. So what does that come down to? It means that they are putting all their chips or virtually all their chips on this kid, uh, Sam Howell, who came out of North, at quarterback. He's, the, he's basically it. And he was a fifth round draft choice um, in, in 2022. So he's a year, one year. He played one game last year, 11 for 19. For a TD, an interception, rushed five times for 35 yards and a TD. Behind him, Jacoby Brissett. Not exactly who you plan to move into the Super Bowl with. So it'll come down to uh, the performance of Howell. He'll do it or he won't. The second item is the Washington Defenders. Uh, I think I've mentioned them before. They're in the XFL. They are in the league championship game, which will be played against the Arlington Renegades on May the 13th in San Antonio. Two locals for you. What you may, are, <laughs> no, this is Arlington, Texas. Oh, is it Arlington, Texas? Uh, Roughneck, okay. Roughnecks? Yeah, okay. Renegades, sorry, okay. Ren Renegades. Yeah, sure. My bad. Arlington here. <laughs> I thought it was uh, <laughs> uh, A little known fact about the XFL, you may, you may know this, but in case you didn't, it's not exactly like the Washington football team, the defenders reside in Washington. They do not, nor does uh, any of the other eight teams reside in their home cities. The entire league resides in San Antonio. And then they go out on game days or the day before, I suppose, and they play in their home cities and on the road. You could say that you have a whole league of road teams Right. I mean, who's playing at home other than maybe San Antonio? So that's coming up a week from Saturday, I guess it is, 13th. And finally, with uh, the firing of Patrick Ewing by Georgetown at the end of the season, the John Thompson era in Georgetown basketball came to an end. To appreciate that, you have to know that John Thompson Sr., the first one, coached the team from 1972 to 1999. So that's 28 years. He then recommended Craig Escherich. He was the number one assistant to Thompson, and he coached the team from 1999 to 2004. When he was let go, they hired John Thompson III, John Thompson II's son, of course, who coached for 12 years, was reasonably successful, 2005 to 2016. And finally, Patrick Ewing came in in 2017 and coached through 2023. And of course, he was the, the, the greatest player that uh, John Thompson Sr. had ever obtained, uh, recruited, and was recommended by John Thompson. So with his demise, Patrick Ewing's demise as a coach and the hiring of Ed Cooley, Georgetown is on to a new era of basketball. 
And that's my report for this week. Thank you. Anybody want to comment on the DC report? I'm disappointed. I really thought Arlington was Arlington, Virginia. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and now I understand. Okay. But thank you for that report. Appreciate that. All right, Fred, NBA NHL playoff report sponsored by LED lights. Okay. Well, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Eastern Conference, both players at playoffs are 1-1. Uh, Knicks had a disappointing loss in game one Sunday where they could not take advantage of um, the injury to Jimmy Butler and they and, and, and when, when he got hurt, but uh, – they did come back Tuesday night. Played a played a reasonably good game. It dominated the dominated the rebounding. Uh, Hartenstein was was excellent, and um, now they go down to Miami to play uh, the next two games, and hopefully they can come back with with a win and regain home home court advantage. Julius Randle was excellent Tuesday night, playing on an ankle that's obviously still bothering him, and I I think I would go back to move Grimes back into the starting lineup. I think Josh Hart, although he's playing very well, really played well with the, with the second unit. And I think because their, their bench has been, has been totally lacking in the first two games. And I think they need to put Hart back with quickly and Hartenstein topping and one of the starters. RJ Barrett is, is really playing well and uh, hopefully it didn't come out with a win last night. The Celtics, you know, Celtics lose in the game one when Embiid doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Last night he does play, and they win by like thirty-four points. And uh, so that's I think Boston is going to win that series. And then out west, Lakers. I I guess to me it was a surprise that they beat Golden State in the first game. And I didn't see the game. I know they won by five, rallied in the fourth quarter. And I think I think out west though, I think Denver is going to is going to come out of the west and will will be in the conference finals. They've really taken care of Phoenix in the first two games, and I, I think they'll prevail and play uh, probably, most likely probably the Celtics. So the Knicks, did, the Knicks did play very well against the Celtics in the regular season, but the playoffs are entirely different uh, game, so we'll have to see. And in hockey, the Rangers, can I say, they dominated the first two games. Played terrible, uh, lost the next three. Game six, just played absolutely terrible in game seven. The, the Patrick Kane that they got was not the same Patrick Kane of of his heyday. He, he, I think he was injured prior. He had a lot of you know, ailments, injuries before he even got to them. And who knows what's going to be next year with them. And the Devils, dev, as somebody said to me, the Devils got Carolina right where they want them. Losing the first game five one, see what happens in the rest of the series. But the the biggest shocker is the Boston Bruins. Yeah, three you know up three games to one, lose three games in in Boston to the Florida Panthers. To you know in in hockey, I think I read somewhere the last twenty years, the team with the best record in the overall the regular season has only won the Stanley Cup three times, hmm. and the Toronto Maple Leafs finally made it out of the first round. First time since 2004, and they they have now the the biggest drought in all of uh, all of all of hockey. For 56 years. I emailed my my friend my colleague, Rabbi Wise after they got in the first round, and I said, 
they finally made it out of the first round. If they if they win it all, you're gonna change your your email address. His email address. His email address is last cup sixty seven, because that's the last year they won it. So, but they they lost the first game to the Panthers. So, who knows with that? And see Saturday the Knicks three thirty. See what happens. Uh, I I expect Jimmy Butler to play. I think I think it was actually smart of Miami for him not to play. Uh, they they already had the one win in New York and in. They want to aggravate his ankle, and now he's got five full days of rest. So yeah. he'll play. And we'll see what happens. A couple of people want to come on show. Sure. You go first. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm really uh, amazed at how well coached Miami is. I mean, they're not, they're not a young team. They were missing their, you know, two, no. their two best players, uh, Hero. And right. Butler, and they made a real match out of it. They it, was, did. it was, you know, it was up in the air until the last few minutes. But the thing with the for a the team that almost Knicks, did not make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, 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 well Spol- I know. is a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, I mean, they just they just are so well coached. I mean, they you know they had, they had absolutely no right being up to being so close to the Knicks for the whole game. And 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 you think about how close they came to not even being in the playoffs. Yeah. They, they lost the first play-in game, and then they rally to win the second and they just gelled i mean yeah. they they are they are, they are very well coached yeah extremely Larry. Very... The, the lakers won because davis had 30 points and 23 rebounds uh, yeah. he uh if he could continue that they they might just take the whole thing yeah. he he's usually very erratic he gets 30 points one game 12 the next so we'll see yeah. what happens yeah, to, to go go back to the Heat for a minute, they have seven guys who are undrafted. I mean, I didn't know much yeah. about these guys like um, Gabe Vincent out of Santa Barbara, Caleb Martin. These guys, it, it shows that it's, it's part, part them, but also also coaching. You know, yeah. they, they really exemplified the next man up, I mean, you know, mentality you hear about all the time. Okay. MC. So we don't have a West Coast report today, so let me just add a little on that Laker uh, Golden State series. Uh, Anthony Davis's main problem is that he's brittle and uh, often injured, and that has been a problem for the Lakers for the last year or two. But you have to realize that the Lakers rebuilt their roster at the trade deadline. This is not the team that played during the regular season. They picked up Rui Hachimura for Washington for essentially nothing. Uh, They traded away Westbrook because it was all dysfunctional with him on the team and picked up the shooting guard out of Minnesota. Uh, They have pretty good shooting. They have those two big guys who are essentially all-stars and uh, they they have a decent team and a decent chance. The other thing I'd say is an under underappreciated fact with regard to the Warriors, because who would have known, you know, at the beginning of the year, they brought Andre Iguodala back. He was to be a part-time assistant coach, part-time active player, and he did play. Now, you recall that he once got an MVP in the playoffs, right, mm-hmm. By uh, because of his defense on LeBron. He's a lot older now, but so is LeBron. But he broke his wrist about a month ago, six weeks ago, somewhere in there, and gone for the year. Mm-hmm. So the Warriors find themselves kind of they, – they don't have the size to contend with the two big Lakers – and that's their problem. And it's unclear that they can solve that problem in this series. So right now, the Lakers are looking pretty good. 
Thank you Agreed. for the comment there. Uh, MF, uh, M, MJ. Uh, MJ, hi, yeah. Uh, of all these games uh, everybody's been mentioning, YouTube has been doing, I don't know how many years it's been now, but they do a very, very good job showing recaps of all of the games. I say a six to eight minute recap of the baseball, the football, the uh, hockey and the basketball. And uh, me, I happen to have enjoyed watching three times already the, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Who, who was I? Oh, now I forget. The, uh, the Bruins losing to the, to the uh, Panthers. I watched three times. I watched the epitome of agony at TD Garden for those, uh, those fans. And then after the game, they put on the news and you watch the newscasts in the bars all over Boston and the fans are pulling the hair out. That's a lot of fun to watch if you enjoy watching <laughs> agony. Same. I have a, I have yep. a comment about the, uh, the NBA. Why, and tell me why they do this. Why do they announce their MVP for the season this week? <laughs> Joel Embiid was unanimous MVP, but why do they do this while the playoffs are going on? I agree. It's Just think, if you're playing against him, oh, he's the MVP. Let's go for his knees or, or something. <laughs> why do they announce this during the playoff season? To me, it doesn't make sense. Anyone have any reason why they do this now? And maybe I just want to comment on this. I agree with you. I don't know. Baseball waits till the season's over, right? Then they have their awards. In November, yeah. they usually do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't know. Okay. All right. Thank you for those reports. And now we're going to move strictly to some baseball stories. Uh, well, the Mets now are losing again today. <laughs> they're 500. They're, they're 16 and 16. They're lucky if there were 500 teams now. Yankees are in fifth place with 17 and 15. Fifth place. They're in last place, too. But the Mets are in last place. Mets were in second place starting today. You want to hear so, a funny story about the Mets? What do you got? What? I mean, it's, it's been said in the paper. They said they, they didn't know who pitcher on Sunday. Well, you know who's throwing out the first ball? I heard about this. You who tell me? Bartolo Colon. So maybe you're right. to pitch. Oh, yeah, they wow. could use him. They, they need a pitcher. pitcher they could use team. him. Yeah. <laughs> They signed this pitcher yesterday, this Dominic uh, Leon. He, he came pitched today. today. He pitched today. One inning. Perfect, perfect inning. I have never heard of him, and I usually follow these rosters religiously. He's a former Mariner, Diamondback, Cardinal, Cleveland, and Giants. His nickname is the, uh, the Dominator. He's 31 years old. He's played nine years. I've never heard of the guy before. Oh, he's a Met. I don't see how long they keep him. Then they also brought up this lefty reliever. I don't know if he got in the game. Zach Muckenhern. He pitched last night. That could be a, a beep beep. Muckenhern. Uh, this is this, this story. He played collegially with the University of North Dakota. He became the first ever and probably the last ever player from North Dakota to make the major leagues. And why the last ever? Yeah. We came out of college. And only one division, uh, division one school wanted him. I guess North Dakota is considered division one, uh, but they're known for hockey. After Baltimore drafted him, the school dropped baseball. 
There's more baseball teams in North Dakota, yeah. University of North Dakota. So the first and the, probably the last, uh, whatever you, however you pronounce his name, Zach Muckenhern is a lefty. Okay, the, the, we, we've talked about the injuries. You heard about uh, uh, Nesta Cortez's injury? No. Illness. Illness. He's got strep throat. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. So, so, you know, so so he's not going to pitch against Tampa. They, they're saving him for Oakland on Monday. Yeah. And uh, Moxicillin, the pretty pink medicine. I know. How about, how about the Yankees <laughs> bringing this guy, Jack Bowers, up? He's played. He has a, he has he, a beautiful swing for Well, for they right brought him up uh, last weekend, I believe it was. And the first Ooh. inning. Before he even got up, right. he had a fabulous catch on that field, banged up against the wall, had to come out of the game. You thought he'd be gone for a while, but then he came back. I'm okay. I'm just banged up a little bit. They put him back in, and he hit a home run, the probably of the first game he brought back. So good for him. I mean, uh, Mark, you know, I want to say yeah. about Jack, Jake, By Jake Bowers. Bowers. Apparently, in the minors, he never did much. And during the years in the majors, he didn't do much. And all of a sudden, he he worked on his swing, maybe a little like Carpenter from last year. He worked on his And he has a beautiful swing to hit those right field stands. Yeah. And who knows? I hope mm -hmm. it lasts. Yeah. yeah. A couple well, of years. Give, give him time. Remember, early, even early this year, what's his name? Cordero had a couple of uh, good games. You know? Yeah. He's so. been going back and forth all year. Yeah. Uh, Gerald. So last night I went to sleep after the Mets lost a doubleheader, knowing that this morning I was going to have a heavy duty cleaning with the dentist. So I didn't have a, a great time the last 12, 14 hours, but all is well. <laughs> oh, good. So, what they, they do? A deep cleaning? Deep cleaning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I did a scaling, curatage. That's a, that's a rip bit. off that deep cleaning. I'll tell you a story about me one day. But nah, but when I, I did it, it didn't hurt. They overcharge for that. All right, uh, Joe. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Mets a little. I think that they rolled the dice a little bit this year. They didn't want to bring back guys like Bassett and Walker because I don't think they right. wanted to commit money long term to pitches right. that they don't think are, you know, going to be <clears throat> crucial to them going forward. So they took a chance and they gave very short term deals to Scherzer and, and then Verlander. Right. Now Scherzer, now Scherzer, I you know I watched a little bit of the game last night, and Scherzer, I don't know, he gave up a couple of really long balls. It looks as if he's lost a few miles off his fastball, and he's not locating very well. And I don't know whether he's going to come back. He may. Verlander looked pretty good today, uh, yes, uh, and I missed the two home runs that he gave up. But when I started rolling. watching him, he, looked, he was pitching pretty well. But they don't have any depths. They have a singer and they have, um, I don't know who, Carrasco, I have no. He's supposed to come back in a couple of weeks. He is, but he's back. not, uh, you know, he's a fourth, fifth starter at yeah, best. True, I don't think he's going to make the difference. And I think, and I think yeah. that uh, what they should do going forward, and I'm not sure whether they will or not, but I think at some point they're going to pull a plug on the season. Because there's no way that they're going to catch Atlanta. Atlanta is just an incredibly good team. They're you have wild cards. Incredibly, incredibly well run. In the season. What? They're not pulling the plug in the season. You have I don't think they're going to pull the plug. But I think they're not going to pull the plug in the season. But I think they're going to bring up the young guys. I think they're going to get rid of Escobar. I think they're going to get rid of Canna. Yeah, they're using Beatty more. 
You've heard it. You've heard it here for you've heard it. All right. Let's first. let's see what, what I think is going to happen. I, I can't see show Walter doing that. Okay. Actually, really? um, yeah. They're not getting. They're, not, they're getting no. They're getting nothing from Canada. They're getting nothing from. What type uh, of weather was today? Was it cold in Detroit? Was it cold in? Somewhat here, I think. The somewhat yeah, the weather so was what? here. I Detroit think. has to play through that too. Yeah, but they're used yeah. to it. That's their home field. It's a long season. Give it time. Give it time. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anthony Volpe had his twenty-second birthday last week. Okay. And speaking of Anthony Volpe. I want to stretch this a little bit, okay? Remember the meatloaf song, Paradise by the Dashboard Light? Right, right. Yeah. Right right and in that song, if you recall, Phil Rizzuto was calling the game about yes, a yes. beatster who gets on base with a double and steals third. Uh, and then there's a <laughs> suicide squeeze one. He tries to score. So now we've heard that. Since 1977, correct. Right? You've heard that yes. song. We love that song. If you're a Meatloaf fan, okay. So meatloaf. when you, if you've never seen the video of that song, who were they talking about the speedster? First of all, I have my thoughts. Do you have any thoughts on who that speedster was? Look at you, just you just standing there. No, no one's even no one Who no was no that speedster? Boy, this kid could fly. Right, right, right. I don't know. Well, I was thinking, and I'm wrong. Mickey Rivers, 1977. Mickey Rivers. But they were not. Now, if you go to the video, you go to the video of that song. You see Mickey Mantle hitting the ball and making second base. Boy, that guy can fly, Mickey Mantle. That makes sense, right? Then you see him getting a hit off Sandy Koufax in the video. Then, this, as the song goes on, you see Phil Rizzuto actually hitting the ball. Phil Rizzuto probably could fly, too. right? He was a fast runner, too. So, again, I, now I think about bringing mm. that, that song today, you see Volpe the way he was always running in, re- in recent weeks, a fast runner. Right? You could see him doing that, right? Boy, that kid can fly. Boy. Kid, fly. Which they have to bring back them. Meatloaf from the dead, though. Yeah, uh, yeah right. I mean, who said he's the best he's ever seen? One of the best he's ever seen is a base runner. Well, oh. I'm, glad, I'm glad that he's up there, and it's nice to see him play. So after one month with the new rules, they, they discovered the lefty batting averages are up. Well, we said that's going to happen. The whole the bigger hole for them to go through, and they're getting the hits. The game times have dropped about 30 minutes. Stolen bases are up. Runs per game have increased. Uh, As of Tuesday, there were 313 pitch violations, clock Mm. pitching clock violations, mostly on the pitches, some on the batters. So uh, for those people who like those rules, they seem to be working. Anybody want to comment on that? Michael? Uh, MJF, sorry. <laughs> I find the games to be more boring. Like even the game, the 2 nothing game that Boone uh, screwed up with uh, Germain, that was a boring game. It was 2 nothing. It was about an hour and 20 minutes before uh, everything got uh, messed up. There are too many games like that that is bing, bang, boom, and before you know it's a sixth inning, and you miss the drama. You missed it. The pitcher staring into the catcher. And I always like baseball. I, I could sit yep. for uh, when I go to a game, I'm going Sunday. If it's a two hour game, I'm disappointed. 
I say, I, I, I listen, I actually do like both that. rounds of take me out Mark actually might say for the whole game. No, 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 no. But, no the, but the point is, uh, in the game today, the Met game started at 1 o'clock, I believe. 110. 110. 110. I knew it would be over by our showtime. 30, yeah. Which is good. Which is good. And last year, we were still, you guys would be looking at the TV while you're on the screen here. Oh, there's still 2 nothing up. Bryce Harper returned to the big big leagues only five months, 160 days since his Tommy John surgery. What does that mean? Means it's good he's not a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. So let me think for instance. He 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 had his shoulder, his right shoulder, right? Because he throws righty. And that's the that's the shoulder he had the um Tommy John. Tommy, Tommy John, John on, right? So if he but he bats lefty, yeah, there's not much effort, I guess, in, in the right shoulder. No. Yeah, more on the left, I guess. More on the left. Yeah. And he's DH and he's not playing and he feels not throwing. He's not throwing the ball. Let's see how he is. Yeah. Whatever. So let's see how well Philadelphia does with him in the lineup. Even though he got on base five times the other day against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Second game back. Gerald? No, I just swept them. Yeah. The, the, the Met game today, just for the record, was two hours and six minutes. No action. Two Mets home got, runs in the first Mets inning. Got, that was it. Got, yeah. The Mets got two hits the whole day. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Two, two hits. Two yeah, that was their ace, the card, the, the Tigers. Too cold. Uh, it's yeah, well, to play baseball. So last weekend, they had the Mexico City Series. Any of you people saw that on TV? No. The no. Padres and the Giants played a two game series in Mexico City. The Padres won both games. The first game, there were 11 home runs. Padres won 16 to 11. Padres hit six. The Giants hit five. There were 30 hits in that game. The second game was more conventional. It was uh, six to four. The Padres won that. But they have a trivia question developed from that from that game. Xander Bogarts mm-hmm. of the Padres hits a home run in his fourth country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, United States, mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. Right, right when Boston was playing the Blue Jays, right. England. Remember when the Yankees yeah. Boston yeah. played in England a couple of oh, years yeah, ago, right, right. and yeah. now he adds Mexico to that. Oh, so ten years from now, you could ask that question to see <laughs> who gets it right. Big crowds in Mexico City next year. The Astros and the Rockies are going to play in Mexico City. So get your tickets. <laughs> Joe. I think that Mexico City is a higher elevation than uh, Denver. Maybe. Oh, yeah. it's really Maybe. Really I think it's 8,000 8, feet. 7,300 about. 7,300. Okay. So yeah. what, what are the dimensions? Place. Anybody know the dimensions of that stadium? That? I don't I didn't see it. I, I, I wasn't paying attention to that. But, you know, but the ball was flying. Anyway, Shohei Otani. Was a home run shy of the cycle last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I and he was pitching a yeah, perfect right, game right. for three innings. Yeah. But he, he singled, he doubled, he tripled, but couldn't hit the home run. The home run. That's amazing, yeah. huh? Yeah. Is he going to get a $1 billion contract? <laughs> or half a billion? Half a billion. 
50 million a year. Hey, he'll get that right. Uh, DeGrom is on the uh, injured yeah. list, of course. Uh, you think Tommy John surgery again for him? I think uh -oh. he had it years uh -oh. ago. Uh -oh. I don't know. I don't know. Is it an elbow? What is it? His right elbow. Forearm. I read an elbow here. Uh, Gerald? I wonder who the brain trust is for the Texas Rangers who signed DeGrom to a five-year uh, contract uh, with an average salary of thirty-seven million per year. Well, I'd like to meet that person, Chris Young. We, we can't blame yeah. can't blame John Daniels. That's that. right. John Daniels is gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And um, of course, uh, we we heard this yesterday that the Giants released Gary Sanchez from his uh, his uh, his contract. He never made it up to the uh, the big I, team. I, I heard that was at his request. Yeah. Well, oh, really? he had until May 1st to be put oh, up, right. yeah. and he yeah. could have said, yeah, I could stay, yeah. or, or, or let me go yeah. free. So I, I, I read the Angels might be interested in him because they lost their catcher for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go to Japan already. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. There was a death in baseball this past week. Mike Shannon. Remember Mike Shannon? Cardinals. Third baseman. Right fielder, right fielder, then third base, 83 Good. years old, two-time World Series champ with the Cards, and a longtime broadcaster after his career was over. He okay. spent 50 years in the broadcast booth, and he finally retired from the booth in, in 2021. A couple of years ago. He moved from right field, and he had a great arm, uh, to third base when the Cardinals got Roger Maris. That, that was the move. Yeah. He had a nickname, which I didn't know, called the Moon Man. I never heard that. Yeah, I never heard that. And he played behind Stan Musial. He played behind or with uh, Lou Brock and Bob Gibson. Uh, Long time guy. Gone. Yeah. Uh, and for those people who care, the Long Island Ducks season has begun. So get your tickets to see Daniel Murphy playing second base. Huh. Huh. Yeah, right. Gerald. The, uh, the stadium where uh, uh, the Padres just played the Giants in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, it's called, uh, mm -hmm. let me just read this. Alfredo Harp Pelu Stadium. Elevation is 7,349 feet above sea level. The altitude has been a talking point for the stadium. The ballpark is higher than the cross field. The stadium at the at the highest altitude in MLB, the size of the le left side is 332 feet, and the size of the right area is 332 feet, whereas the size of center field is 410 feet. That's pretty decent, yeah. Okay. okay. A couple of comments here, uh, Joe, and then... And, uh, I just, uh, I, I don't know, I just want to kick around for a second. Anybody curious or understand what's going on with the Cardinals this year? I was just going to say, and, and conversely, what's going on with the Pirates? Yeah. Exact opposite. Yeah. yeah. You How think about Baltimore? Been, been been the well. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let's see who's at the finish line. You know, the, the Cardinals had that rookie, that guy Walker, yes. who was starting. Jordan who, Walker. You know, who, he was great at the beginning of the year, and then they sent them down. Oh, okay. but, I mean, oh, yeah. like, one guy. I, I think they lost today. They were losing 11 7 in the eighth inning. They're yeah. like 10 and 22. Yeah, and the, the, the yeah, Pirates. Yeah. So even though they got swept by Tampa Bay, is still twenty and twelve. Yeah, but doing very it's well. rare you I see still... the Cardinals 
in last place. Last yeah. place. It, it was and, very unusual. Yeah. I was watching the Cardinal game the other day. They say how great the fans are. Fans are actually booing them. You don't mm. usually see yeah, that. Well, you don't. Not, not in this. The first season for the Cardinals since 1973. So far. Then the American League, I mean, the whole story is Tampa Bay, but look how great the Orioles are playing. Yep. Are even, though got out even though they got the shut out Even though they got shut out Orioles have a lot of nice young players. A lot of nice young That's players. right. They Isn't the Yankees playing Tampa Bay this weekend? Yeah, right. they're playing in yeah. Tampa Bay this weekend. And then, then next week, they play Oakland, and then after that, they play yeah. Tampa Bay, I think, a four-game series at home next, the week after. The best By the way, was. Oakland's winning percentage is 194. They're not getting 40 wins this year. Yes. <laughs> right, Oakland, is, Oakland is six and twenty-five. Yes, I can yes. I, get, I, get, I think they're on pace for like a thirty-win season. In, yeah. in football, yeah. Mister Irrelevant, the Rams selected at two hundred and fifty-ninth in the draft. Des Des Deswan Johnson, Deswan yeah. Johnson, defensive end from Toledo. Hey, don't so, don't, don't discount so, Mister Irrelevant. Brock Purdy yeah, last year. Brock Purdy mm -hmm. last year. And again, for the second straight year, it's the teams out west, hmm. right? And um, 12 quarterbacks were taken in the first five rounds in the draft. Bryce Young, one, and then C.J. Stroud was two. But I'm not going to go over the whole list there. Um, but if you go, if you check the list out, I mean, um, the guy from Georgia, hmm. that's in Bennett. Who's yeah. older than most of, most of those those kids? Years older. He went to the Rams. So it'll be you interesting to see how these how these kids uh, develop down the line. You know, it's a good story about the draft. Maybe Michael remembers this guy's last name, but the Jets drafted a guy out of running back who I think is going to be really good. I can't pronounce his last name. It's from Abraham Lincoln High School in in Brooklyn. Oh wow! Uh, oh, Israel, Israel somebody begins with an A. The, the, this this the, year's the, draft. Yeah, the guy last year, he, he played Pitt. He broke Tony Dorsett's single-game record against Virginia oh, Tech. He ran for 320 yards, six Israel Abanikana. Yeah. I hope he makes it. A-B-A-N-I-K-A-N-D-A. Yeah. -A -A. Right. I think I drafted him in the fourth or fifth round. <laughs> I got him here fourth. Okay. And the big prize next year is this Caleb Williams from uh, USC, quarterback. Mm. Oh, we'll see which team start the tank. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a, a top draft pick next Good receiver year. at Ohio State. Good receiver. See what happens. And, of course, the Packers uh, give Jordan Love an extension for $22.5 million. For, for, uh, he hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> but that was very interesting. The Jets said bye-bye to uh, uh, Mackay Beckham. They didn't want to pick up his fifth-year option. No, he's, he's still on the team. It just become, just means he's a free agent after this year. Right. He's going to play he's this still, year. He's going to play this back. year? No, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like the same status as Daniel Jones had last year. Right. So they declined to pick up his fifth-year fifth option. option which, is, which is next year. Is that right? They right. do it a year in advance? Yeah. Okay, I didn't see why. Which is good. Maybe he can prove himself. Right. It's just like, like Daniel Jones. They, they he gets hurt. He gets hurt. Well, he... Uh, bad news. Supposedly slimmed down. He weighs 300 he now? Really I don't good. Like <laughs> I had a picture of Haystacks Calhoun. You should see this picture. I can't do it on the screen. Right. But uh, the ex-University <laughs> of Alabama football champion and ex- 
Las Vegas Raider wide receiver Henry Ruggs in a plea deal got off easy. Pleaded, pleaded guilty as he drove at speeds up to over 150 miles per hour, causing <laughs> a fiery crash that killed a woman. Oh, oh, God. He's at 24 years, he's going to be in jail from three to 10 years, depending on what they decide. It'll be 100 years. 150 right. miles an hour? Right. He got off easy. I don't know how they how I, I mean, I can't get my car up to 70. Why do they do that? <laughs> anyway, you know, I heard I heard on TV why they have all those miles per hour on the regular cars we have, like you see 80, 20. 90, 100, 110. They do that because they want those numbers to be symmetrical all the way across. Mm. So mm. it's there for show. <laughs> That's what I heard. Uh, college football in 2024 and 25 is going to a 12 team football playoff. Right. And they announced how they're going to do that. And uh, what else do we have for us today? Oh, there was, let's see, there was another uh, a football, football death, but not really a football player's death. The two-year-old daughter of a Tampa yeah. Bay Buck linebacker, yeah, Shaquille Barrett, oh, two-year-old yeah. girl, dies in the family pool. Yeah. Araya, her name is, mm. fell in the pool, oh. two years old. Taken oh, to the yeah. hospital, pronounced that later. <laughs> They're so calling it a tragedy, and um, nobody, nobody pushed her. Tennis, mm-hmm. Milton, you're still there. The I'm a- here, but I, ATP I was is going to be using the electronic line calling it's uh, all right. uh, in 2025 for the out calls. No more side judges. So automatically with the uh, computer. We're, we call our own shots. I know. Well, anyway, and and, uh, and Djokovic will be allowed to play in the U.S. Open since there's no more. Restrictions and track and field. Real yeah. quick, three deaths. Mm-hmm. Paper today. Yeah. Track and field. Ralph Boston, most common name. Yeah. Everyone remembers yeah. Ralph Boston, right? Back in those days. Yeah. Before the Bob Beeman days. Yeah. Bob Beeman broke his records here. Yeah. Ralph Boston, eighty-three years old, Olympic champion, long jump broke. He broke Jesse Owens' record that stood for twenty-five yeah. years. Uh, and was the first to break 27 feet in the long jump. Of course, Bob Beeman in Mexico City, he flew through the air with the greatest of ease, and the Bo- uh, Boston uh, won the gold in the 1960 Rome Olympics. Rest in peace, Ralph Boston. And Tori Bowie, 32 years old, Olympic sprinter <laughs> who won three medals at the Rio de Janeiro Olympics in 2016. 32 years old, silver in the 100-meter dash, bronze in the 200-meter dash, gold as the anchor in the 4 by 100 relay, found dead at home, no foul play. How does someone just die at 32? I don't understand. And the third one was Calvin Davis. I don't remember this name, but uh, he's 51, and he won the bronze medal in the 400-meter hurdles at the 1996 Atlanta games. Three deaths. You know, Mark. Um, yes, sir. There was another uh, death. Can I oh, mention oh. that? Oh. A guy, uh, before you ever heard of Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson, 
There was a death of another player that played both sports. His name was Dick Rowe. Oh, we mentioned him last week. We about him last week. You know yeah. what? I didn't. I didn't realize that he was a two-time All-American guard at Duke. Oh yeah, yeah. That's he he popularized the jump shot at yeah. Duke. Yeah, but yeah. And that he won. He he won the batting crown that year. Yeah, three twenty-five. Yeah, and then yeah. MVP. But we talked about it last week. But thanks yeah. for bringing him up. In case for those who missed the show last week. And before before we go to trivia, uh, Sunday. One o'clock in the afternoon. Any of you guys were home watching any ball games this past Sunday? Me. If you, if you flick through, or if you have, a, let's see, I have FIOS. Yeah. It's only on FIOS. ESPN. They had dodgeball. <laughs> I didn't Real dodgeball. <laughs> you played in school. They right. had competition called Dodgeball All Star Showcase. Was at one o'clock on one of the ESPN channels. They have multiple ESPN channels, of course. And you saw them play dodgeball. <laughs> That's very funny because one day I'll tell you the story about me and dodgeball and uh, uh, during my teaching days and dodgeball. Long story. I'm not going to go into it right now, but um, I thought that was very interesting. I used to have oh, dodgeball dreams. Dreams? <laughs> I, I, I wrote a manual. I wrote a manual because we played a lot of dodgeball. I, I was playing dodgeball in my dreams. I was whacking everybody who was having such a good time. Then the bell <laughs> rang. It was really the alarm clock and I had to go to right, work. Don't mention the word whack. Um, <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, I wrote a manual called 50 Ways, 50 Different Ways to Play Dodgeball. So like 50 Ways to I use 50 Ways <laughs> to play dodgeball. <laughs> I, I could show you a copy one day. Anyway, so Sit with that in mind, why don't we cut the trivia questions and see how well we do? Red, Red has a question. All right, no, go right ahead. I was doing trivia. Yeah, question. Uh, question. Trivia. question. Okay. There are nine pitchers who have won 100 games in each of the National and American Leagues. <laughs> of the nine, seven are in the Hall of Fame. Name the two that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Randy Johnson. He's not? Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he's in. Okay. There are seven who are in, two aren't. Right. How about right. early win? No. He's in the Hall of Fame. And he's in the Hall of Fame. But he's he, didn't, but he, didn't win he didn't win 100 in each league. That's right. Oh, well, that's right. League. He, he wouldn't play in National Strictly league. American League. League, league. league, yes. Yep. Uh, we have no clue. Want to give us a give no us uh, right. one? All right. Initials are DM and KB. DM. Kevin Brown. D as in David. DM and KB. Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown is one. Very good. That was good. And D. DM. Yeah, and his last name is the same as another pitcher on this list who was in the Hall of Fame. Dennis. Right, Dennis, Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez. 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 Yeah. Wow. Very good. Very good. You want okay. you want to know? By the way, you want to know the other seven who are on the? Why not? Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Nolan Ryan, Cy Young, Ferguson Jacobs, Jim Bunning, and Gaylord Perry. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, you said Jim Bunning. I was going to say Jim Bunning. Yeah, Jim Bunning. Yeah. Pappas was a good guess. Right, because he pitched for the Cubs okay. and the. He's traded. From All right, Gerald, you have a question? Yes, name the MLB pitcher who set a single season record by giving up fifty home runs in a season. 
Oh, I knew this. Mm. Bly Levin. Yes, 1986. Good, good, good answer. Good answer. Good MJF. Who was the first major league player to have his number retired, and when did that happen? Lou, Lou Gehrig. When did that happen? 1939. No. MJF, we're waiting for an answer. Is it Lou Gehrig? He, when he made his speech, July 4th, 1939. Like That's Kelly. what we just said. It's just having a second delay, you know, with him. All right, uh, Fred. <laughs> okay. In 1959, against the Yankees, this player hit four consecutive home runs in a doubleheader, not in the same game. So, like, you know, someone, some in the first game, I think two in the first game, two in the second game, consecutive at-bats. Jim Gentile. No. Kurt Bleffery? Matthews? No. Not Bleffery. I think this guy was known as a Yankee killer. Charlie, Charlie Maxwell? Maxwell? Charlie Maxwell. Charlie Maxwell. Wow. Uh, Detroit. Charlie Maxwell. Very, he, right. He was the Yankee killer on the bat. Yes. <laughs> Frank Larry, the Yankee and Frank Larry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And both Detroit. Very good. Charlie Maxwell from Poor Poor, Michigan. Poor Poor. Charlie <laughs> Poor Poor Maxwell. Uh, uh, Gerald? Who set the record for the most RBIs from the leadoff spot? Ricky Anderson? No. Well, good, good try. Leadoff, RBIs. I'll give it the year 2017. Oh, wow. So recently. Yeah, mm. I'll give you this. Altuve? I'm sorry. Altuve? No. All right, what league? What league? Colorado. That's international. Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Uh, 103. Really? Can you name for me any quarterback who started started for the L.A. Rams since the year 2000? Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Well, that is one obvious Stafford. one. Goff. Goff. That's working backwards. Go ahead. Now that gets a little tougher. Mm. Gabriel? Was no, since 2000. What was Kurt Warner's last year? Kurt Warner, 2000 and 2001. Very good. good. That's the first. You give me the first and the last two so far. How many, how many are there? It's about six more. Jesus. Uh, Mark Bulger? Who? Mark Bulger? Oh, yeah, the guy from West Virginia. Yeah. Sam Bradford, you forgot? Sam Brown, Oklahoma, yeah. Kellen Clemens? Wasn't he on on the Jets? Could have been, but in 2013, he was starting for the Rams. I think Kellen Clemens was the Jets, too. I think so. Sean Hill? Nick Foles, he played all over. Case Kasem. Next question. Who's got one? Oh, look. No one has questions. I got it. Oh, Stuart. What do you got? Stuart has one. Who has a record for the most home runs in the how can I say the most home runs in consecutive games? The most consecutive games for hitting home runs. Mattingly and long. Long, right. Long. There's one more. Griffey. 
He's the third, exactly. Yeah. Who's the third? Oh, Griffey? And Griffey, Griffey. Jr. And Griffey okay. Jr., yeah. They all had eight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see that being broken one, one year. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I can see it broken. Which quarterback was the first to win the Heisman, be a number one draft pick overall, and win an MVP in the Super Bowl? Mm. Did we have this already? No. We're doing truly for 157 shows. <laughs> Marcus Allen. Okay. He was not a quarterback. Haters. I didn't say quarterback. Did I say quarterback? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, didn't mean, I didn't mean quarterbacks. Huh. So if you were thinking about don't think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gerald, what do you got? Na- name the player who became the founding father of the 3,000 and 500 home run club. Who was the what was it the first person? Yeah. No, name name the the, the MLB player mm. who was the founding father of the three thousand career hit club and the five hundred career home run club. Hank Aaron? Yes. Hank Aaron, nineteen seventy. Oh. I took a stab. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> who else? Michael or MJF. <laughs> <laughs> The person who played first base for the Yankees, but got replaced by Don Mattingly. Oh. Balboni? I'll give you a hint. Not Jim Balboni? Not Balboni, but I'll give you a hint. He also hit a home run. He's the last player who hit a home run in the same game as his son. Oh. So Griffey? Griffey Sr.? Griffey Sr. He played first base for the Yankees? Right. Reg- regularly or just like he played a lot. He played two times. Yeah, I didn't know he played. Then I think he got hurt. Then Yo, what? I don't know if I said this. Asked this once before. What major league pitcher once said he was in the twilight of a mediocre career? <laughs> got me. Pitch for Boston. Tim Wakefield. No. Earlier. Sullivan in the 50s. Frank Sullivan. Ike DeLock. Ike nope. DeLock. I remember him. Tommy Brewer. No. Ike DeLock. I think we just not, named this. Not, <laughs> not Mel Parnell. He was pretty good. Nope. Uh, he, he had a French Moore. name. Okay. What? His name was French. Last name. Oh. At least, I... At least you hope it's French. Who was it? Well, give us initials. Uh, BM. Bill Mambuket. Yep. Oh. oh. By the way, speaking of, when you were talking about depths in baseball, Mark, you forgot one. Dennis Ryband for the, for the oh, Mets. Oh, I did not hear oh, that. Yes. It was in the yeah. paper this week. I did not hear yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. If you guys ever hear deaths during the week, you can just text me or email me right. and I'll add it to the <laughs> notes. Yeah, I mean, I might, sometimes I miss it. I miss that one. Yeah, we'd we'll like to talk about him a little bit, but we too late now. Yeah, just All, right. now. All right, Mike, uh, MJF. What is the name of Pedro Ramos's famous pitch? El Senor. No. Screwball. What you say, And Fuego. No. El Screwballer. The Cuban Palm Ball. 
Right. Yeah. Hey, I threw a palm ball and stick ball. There you go. Yes, one sixty-two. I got one, but I think people are going to know this one. What is it? Okay, in Griffith Park, in Griffith Park in Washington, Mickey Mantle hit this tremendous, really tremendous home run. Five hundred and sixty-five feet. Chuck Stops. Right. Chuck Stops. Right. Exactly. It was five hundred and sixty-five feet. Right. That's right. I couldn't. Think, I couldn't Thanks, Alan. I couldn't think of the... the, the and you know what, Fred? A friend, yeah. I was a young kid, of course, following baseball. Oh. He's the first pitcher I remember who lost over 20 games in the season. I, I think also, do you remember the pitcher in, in Yankee Stadium when, when he hit the... Uh, he almost hit it out of the ballpark pitcher for Kansas City? Mm. Oh. Yeah, it was 18 inches from the top. Yeah, Bill, you remember the Bill name Fisher, of the Bill Fisher? Bill Fisher is right. Oh, Wow. Pull yeah, that one very out. Good. <clears throat> right. Fisher with a C, right. not like Jack Fisher. Yeah. yeah. Fat what, Jack Jack, Fisher. What, what was Fat Jack, Jack Fisher's Fisher. nickname? Fat Jack Fisher. Fat Jack Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Pitch for the Mets, too? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. What else Who's do we have? Jack Fisher? Jack Fisher. He gave, he gave up number 60. Right, Tracy Stone gave up 61. 60 to Roger. Mm. Does anybody remember, if this is true, in that season... Did Maris have a home run that he hit, but the game was called before five innings? I think so. I think so. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay, here's a good one. I don't know the answer. I forgot the answer. Uh, Steve Hamilton. He got a guy out on one of his folly floaters, and yeah. he crawled to the dugout after he struck out. What was his name? Oh, I don't remember. He strikes out on a yeah. folly floater, and he crawls. He, he later suffered from depression. Oh, Jimmy man. Pearsall? Pearsall? No, no, no. no. Oh, Pearsall. How did he after Pearsall's days? Yeah. yeah. Have another guy who played in the NBA. And who was it, Mike? I he forgot. don't know the answer. <laughs> oh, my God. And you can't look I that one up. Yeah. You can't go So, for <clears throat> this question. Name 11 venue names from all the four sports. Now, I don't mean like the, the city, like, like what do they call like stadium is one like venue. Like it's something, something. So Comerica Park? Park is another one. Okay. Stadium. 11. Arena. Yeah. Arena. Palace. Garden, Garden, How about center? Prudential center. Center. Right. Dome. So. Dome. Dome. Like, oh, dome. Dome. like the oh, sky dome. Uh, I don't yeah. have that. Should I add that? I'll add it. Okay. Right. How about Tropicana Field? Field was said. Field was said. Oh. Stadium. Stadium was set. I got a few yeah, more. One starts with an F. One oh, starts with park, yeah. oh. park. So how about Chavez oh, Ravine? Wait, wait, what, what are you saying, Joe? Ravine. Bowl. Oh, another one, Bowl. Okay, I don't have that one. I have another one with an F, a P, a G, another F, and a C. G. <laughs> Garden. Garden. It's a G. Yeah, we did go. Somebody said hear it. Didn't hear it. Okay, I'll tell you. The forum. Forum. Oh, yeah. Place. Yeah. 
place, place. Garden. Something place. It's not just uh, baseball. Field, ha field, ha field house. Yeah. And college. Bed, bath, and beyond. That's right. Defunct. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Horton, when he was with the Cleveland Indians, might crawl back to the dugout after. after uh, Tony uh, Horton's the right one. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, Tony Horton. You found that? My God. Yeah. Yeah. Good, Gerald. Yeah. Who writes yeah. these stuff? So, Pardon Mark, do you have Chavez Ravine? Ravine? I don't have Ravine. Ravine is a good one, too. I'll have yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you have the location. That's not. I don't think the stadium is called that. What? I don't Chavez think Ravine? Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium. Oh, Dodger what Stadium? one time called Chavez Ravine? Yeah, that's the that's the area that the stadium. The area. Is yes. But but wasn't it called? Wasn't it called Chavez Ravine? Maybe one time it might have been. Yeah. Might have been. But yeah, you know, there's a. I didn't say current video. or old time, so could it be video? about the history of the Dodgers and how they left Brooklyn and what they had to do in the Chavez Ravine area to clear out all the people who lived there. They yep. were all uh, the family of the Chavez and all that. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why I got named Chavez. Chavez. Very interesting. It was a working class Mexican neighborhood. They just cleared it out. Yeah, right. those raised ground in those days. Eminent domain. Yep, MC, right? MC, MC. Grounds, grounds counts, right? Polo grounds? Grounds. 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 Yes. Yeah. Oh, another one, grounds. Right, right. My list is expanding here. Okay. All right, boys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call today. I don't want your brains to stretch any further. <laughs> it does, Mark, it does say why was Dodger Stadium called Chavez Ravine? Yeah, when they, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. Have a, have a good Mark, night. I'm going back to 1957. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Bye bye. All right. They had a dozen hit records. A dozen Flatters. hit records. Flatters. All right. All right. Well, it was done by the know? Drifters. By the Drifters. They had dozen oh, hit records. Right. That was the Drifters? Yes, it was. 1957. Like what is that? B-side of uh, Up on the Roof? Clyde McFadden? Under the boardwalk. Oh, it was, they, they had a lot of good songs. Oh, yeah. I I've never heard of them. Uh, Bill, was that Clyde McFadder on lead? What's that? Was that Clyde McFadder mm -hmm. on lead, or had he already this left? This one was not Clyde. Have to look it, it wasn't. up. But, uh, it they, what a great, great group! That what was the name they of that song? A lot of good songs, definitely. Boardwalk. Oh, I what thought you'd name? like it. Next week, on I may Broadway. hit 1959, or I may go to oh. the 90s. You never Milton, know. What was the name of that song? The name of that song is, hang on, a great Fool's Fall in Love. Oh, it was no. also done by another group.
in the 80s. I forget. Why do fools? Fall? Yeah, it was Frankie Lyman. Frankie Lyman and the teenagers. No, this yeah. was yeah, Fools Fall in Love by the Drifters. Okay. And uh, you never know. I could hit you some from the 1990s. Or from the late 50s. Guys, have a fabulous week. We'll see you out here you next week. Enjoy yourself yeah. and uh, 511. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. You Thanks too. for coming. Take care. Bye, guys. Jerry, I'll Bye. see you in June. See you, Mike. All right.